This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bobani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We got a lot going on here. We got college football rivalry week that we'll get into in a second. But now we are at a point in the NFL season that like I feel like normally comes later, but we here now, you know, I don't really know if this is going to be like this every year. I don't even know if it felt like it was like this last year. Not exactly sure. Right. It's a little something called key card Monday. Like at the at the end of the regular season, they like to talk about Black Monday. And it's like all these coaches are going to show up and, you know, find out that they ain't got no jobs. But Monday is it's like key card Monday. Right. Josh McDaniels, he already had the pant. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you got a key card and you go to go use it and it doesn't work. And like usually are going boop, like a sound that's pleasant to your ear. But you get in there on key card Monday. Bang, like, all right, I don't understand what's going on. Or it sounds like somebody broke it, like dropped a glass. Something like that. Well, Frank Reich sounded like he had his key card situation. And I wonder this, by the way, when, they, when the coaches get the key card situation. Like, on um, uh, hard knocks and all the shows, Sean, you be watching them shows. Like, don't they, don't it seem like they get the players? Like, as soon as they come in the front door, somebody come in there just real smooth and like put their arm around them and be like, "Hey, man, let's go this way." Right? Like, they don't, they don't let you linger. They don't even let them go to the locker room. It's an immediate, "Hey, hey, hey, you have to come with us." Yeah, yeah, they get them right away. And like with the coach, don't the coaches swear they be coming to work at like three o'clock in the morning, like four o'clock in the morning? Like, 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 you know how bad they got to want to fire you to roll up on you at four o'clock in the morning? Like, do they do they try to give them the dignity of doing this when ain't nobody around? Like, do they tell the other coaches like, hey, hey, fall back. Office don't open till nine today. Right. And they just let Buddy get in there at four o'clock in the morning. And he out there, you know, grinding, eating that film and be like, damn, I wonder how come there ain't nobody else here. I, I wonder if the janitor that lets them in is actually like, hey, I can't let you in today. You know? Yeah. Yeah, like nah, homie, nah, homie. But uh, Frank Reich, he got caught on key card Monday. Uh, they lost to the Tennessee Titans, and David Tepper made the move. And like Tepper's, Tepper's interesting in that I've seen people raise the question, and it is a fair one about whether or not he's ever going to be patient enough to give a coach time to make it happen. And that is a very good question. However, the coaches that he has had or that he has hired with his own head had demonstrated in the time period that they were given that they were the wrong dude. Like like the the, 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 the point of patience, I think, was a little bit lost. I don't know what exactly going on with Frank Wright. I just know this. They ain't supposed to be that sorry. I mean, they're really, really, really sorry in a way. They ain't supposed to be that sorry. Bryce Young is not supposed to be this sorry. And I am, I'm not inclined to try to draw too many conclusions about how good Bryce Young is going to be from what we're seeing. Cause the times that I watch them or when I pull it up on the internet and people show the clips, man, ain't nobody open. And not only is nobody open, I'd be forgetting who the people are that play for them. Like I think Adam Thielen's the one name that I remember that's on that team, but I don't know. I don't know what exactly Bryce Young is supposed to do under the circumstances that he has. And the people who care about football in a way that I simply do not, to the point where they be out here watching the film and all that stuff, they say that Frank Wright kind of stuck in the past, that he has not moved into what the future of this league has to be. And you put all that together with Bryce Young being the most regular-looking dude in the world. And I don't mean like in terms of talent and all this. I mean, he just looked like a dude. Like, you you meet Bryce Young in the mall, and you'd be like, oh, man, so I see you're wearing all this Carolina Panthers gear. What department do you work in? Because he just looked like a regular dude. Like, he, you, you think he might be trying to sell you a season ticket package. It might be his job to stretch you out. 
Like, it's, it's, it's many things that it's possible that he does. Hey, you know what? He might throw a mean bag of popcorn, you know what I'm saying, or the peanuts or whatever they do at the stadium. Like, oh, you want your pulled pork sandwich? Hey, look alive. He may, That may be what his job is just from looking at him. You really don't have any, like, real indication that what we're talking about is the quarterback of an NFL team. I'm just not there to blame him or put it on him. I don't know. But I do know this. I was talking to my man Kravitz about this the other day. There's a lot of numbers that you can pull out for Bryce Young, and the numbers are so bad. And like the name that seems to come up a lot recurringly in these bad numbers for him as a rookie is Josh Rosen. And that's not, hey, I thought that Josh Rosen thing was going to work out too. And I was just like, okay, well, maybe in this one place it just didn't go. And then it went everything else. Josh Rosen is finished, and he's 26 years old. Josh Rosen finished so fast that if Josh Rosen wanted to go to law school like his parents, he wouldn't have even been old and had to explain why it was that he was in law school at his age. He wouldn't have had to do that. Hell, it's possible he'd been there for like three damn years and I didn't even know it. Like, I, but this is, this, this is where the Bryce Young thing is for them. And that's, that's, that's not good. It's, that's, it's not good at all. You gotta, you gotta give somebody else a try, all of that. But, as it goes for Key Card Monday, let me tell you what this tells me, though, that went on down there, okay? The only reason Bill Belichick still has a job is because he is Bill Belichick. Like that, that is what I learned from what just happened right there. Because I'm going to tell you something. I watched uh, the Jaguars and the Texans, okay? It is C.J. Stroud, a little bitty dude named Tank, and a bunch of people that I have never heard of. That little dude Tank, I looked up on his Instagram page. He looked like he rap, but like not about no gangster shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he he raps. I imagine he could be a very delightful rapper, but he looked like one of these rappers that's out here. He don't look like no football player. Seems to be very, very good at it though, right? But otherwise, it's just some dudes. It's just some dudes. And yes, CJ Stroud, I think. Is a different caliber of talent probably than Bryce Young. I do believe that. I probably would have. I would have taken CJ Stroud over Bryce Young going into the draft. You can go back and check my receipts. I was not like I'm not second guessing on this. But the Texans, like they look like a real football team. The Patriots, they lost to a team quarterback by a fictional character. They lost to a team whose quarterback is a trope, an actual honest to God trope. He lives with his mother who makes up his bed and his name. When I, when I started saying that Tommy DeVito's name was that of a fictional character, I didn't realize there was an actual, like, like, like the guy, like the, the good fella, like Joe Pesci, good fellas. I, I didn't do that math. I just, I, I didn't even like remember. They lost to a trope, a trope. And he has one more win than Bryce Young. Yes. <laughs> They lost to a trope. That's who the Patriots went out there with Mac Jones out there. That's who they lost to, a trope. All right, and I'm just saying, under any other circumstance, losing that game in that way is when a coach gets fired. We have seen that loss get many coaches fired. You know it in the middle of the third quarter. Like, hey, man, ain't going to be no coach. Like, that's the kind of game that gets you fired on the tarmac. Like, Lane Kiffin got fired that one time. You remember that time he got fired on the tarmac? It was that kind of game. Bill Belichick, look, if I'm him, try to find a way to get out ahead of this or something, but you're done in that town because there's just, there's no excuse for that. Right. And that was the thing. Frank Wright, as terrible as the Panthers are, as bad as the roster is, everything else, there's no excuse for that. And that's where the Patriots are to me in looking at it. And I'm looking around, man. Whole bunch of dudes in the league better be looking out for that key card Monday because it's going to happen to them. Let me tell you who else needs to be worried about. I don't know what key card Monday is going to be. Sean, I feel like right now every Monday could be a key card Monday. Uh, at the time of this recording, I can't believe they ain't nobody put their arm around Brandon Staley yet. It, it was certainly another loss that makes you think, how does this guy still have a job with the Chargers? Bro, I don't even know how they lost that game last night. I went to sleep at 10, 15 Eastern time because the only thing I knew was that the Chargers, one way or another, were going to find a way to lose that game. <laughs> and you, you were 100% correct. 
That was all I knew. I mean, like, like, was it in a noteworthy fashion? It was two teams, because I stayed up late. It was two teams doing the Chargers. The Ravens are obviously the NFC, you know, the other side version of the of the Chargers. Yes. And somehow the Chargers outchargers them. Yeah, I mean, they be trying. Wow, the Chargers lost three fumbles? Yeah. Wow. They had every opportunity to win. How? I can't believe he still has a job. We have been saying, he still, how does he still have a job for like two years? Like his key card Monday is coming. I can only assume them dudes must really like him because they haven't quit his key card in danger. The strangest thing I think that we can point to in the NFL this year. And Sean, I don't know if you know this, but um, point differential, point differential, Pretty good indication of how good a team actually is. We're deep enough in the season to use it. Uh, number one, did you know that the Dallas Cowboys have the number one point differential in the NFL? I, I'm actually surprised by that. And yeah, I, that's because they beat they beat up bums. And I saw I saw a stat that all of their wins came across some of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, they they beat bums. They give they give bums the work. But they're number one. Number two are the 49ers. Um, number three, um, the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. So the nine and three, um, eight and three and an eight and three, right? You would reasonably expect teams with those kinds of records to be up that high. The Eagles, they skin of their teeth in it. They not nearly, they not nearly as far up there, but those are the top three teams in point differential. Those are three of the four teams whose point differential is over 100 points. Do you know who the number four team is? Who is it? The six and six Buffalo Bills. Wow. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training. Just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. Spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. The Bills be taking the miracle losses, man. <laughs> they, like, let us not forget. And I've seen a longer list that's been put up, but these are just the miracles off the top of my head. I want to say it was 2020. And I remember it. Uh, it was either 2020 or 2021. But y'all know I've been hard on Josh Allen. And this is when Josh Allen was starting to get it together. And they were playing a game against Arizona. And he threw a really good pass in the end zone. I remember it was to the left side, probably from about eight yards out or whatever. But one of those throws that, like, you don't have to hit the dude on the money, but you just got to put it like. It was a sign of growth. And I'm like, look, that's the biggest pass that Josh Allen has ever made in his career. Like, I was trying to give him the props. And then Kyler Murray came back down the other way, and I think they called that play the Hail Murray, where he just threw that ball just straight up in the air and it landed like it was that game. Josh Allen had that game against Kansas City. Did y'all be acting like they won that time, but he didn't? You remember Uh that in the playoffs uh where people were so mad that they lost that they changed the rules after the game to make sure that Josh Allen would get a chance to lead a drive? They lost that game after the the Chiefs had 13 seconds to get down the field, got down the field, and that field goal was something like 91 yards. (laughs) I can't remember exactly how far it was, but we forget about that. It was 13 yards and a long-ass field goal. And then in this game, the Eagles take that down, and my man kicks a 59-yard field goal in a 40-degree monsoon. It never dawned on me for a moment that there was a chance to make that. Like, they were down to, like, 4th and 12, and Sean, weren't the Eagles, like, they, uh, Jason Kelsey kept kept forgetting what the, what the hell he was it, supposed to be doing. Multiple, and so he's, he yeah. was, like, Tourette it. It was multiple false starts, multiple false starts, and, you, and you're, you're just like Tony Romo on the broadcast who were like, 
I don't know, 40, 59 yard field goal in the rain. I don't like these chances. What? No, <laughs> I was like, y'all might as well run a Hail Mary. Like there's no way in the world that this is going to work. And th- and then it happened. And then it went, right? Like, Josh Allen, we need to be very careful in how we talk about that game, right? Because it was a very all-my-back-boys sort of game. He he went out there and one-man banded it. And they ain't, there are very few people in the league that can play the one-man band at quarterback in the way that Josh Allen did. It wasn't like a top-to-bottom great game. But it was one of those... Somewhere they decided we're going to win or lose this game on our quarterback. That's what it's going to be. But, dog, he missed that throw to Gabe Davis. And Gabe Davis, like, it was a miscommunication. Josh Allen thought one thing, Gabe Davis did another. I don't know which one of them was right, but I know which one of them Gabe Davis thinks was right. He definitely was not approaching that like, we need to talk this out and figure out where I was supposed to be. They, they 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 didn't seem to be hashing. There was it a, seemed to be yeah. There very was a clear shot. Your fault. <laughs> there was a shot of Diggs talking down Gabe Davis on the sideline. Yes, and, and Tony Romo yes. was saying correctly like, when you break free from the defender, you should just turn your head because you're technically open. And I guess Tony Romo was siding with Gabe Davis, but again, it it's it, I the don't blame know. should be on the quarterback. I don't know. I, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The truth is, it don't matter what I think. It matters what they think. And it, on some level, that's where that went. I'm saying all of that to say this. We give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit for winning all these games where they have been getting outgained, right? Or winning these games where in the end, the sum total of their points is not nearly as good, right? Winning when they're not supposed to. The Buffalo Bills, in theory, should have the fourth best record in the league. They are at 500. They fired the defensive coordinator at the end of last year. Fired the offensive coordinator in the middle of this year. Sean McDermott, key card Monday could be coming your way. Very, very, very. Like the second y'all are eliminated from the playoffs, because something's not right. Like you just look at what it is from top to bottom with them. And I'm not saying the miracles are the sign that something's not right, but 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 something something ain't right there. Like, look, the Denver Broncos have figured out how to make this work around Russell Wilson not being good anymore. And remember how terrible they were? We stopped paying attention. Hell, they beat Buffalo the other day. Didn't they beat Buffalo at, at Buffalo at their crib? Yep. Okay, okay. The Giants out here figuring out how to win games with QB trope. Right? Right? We've seen that. We've seen Josh Dobbs coming off the street out here finding ways to win games. Just saying. Key card Monday. The Bills are currently 10th in the AFC. And like you said, the Broncos are above them. The Texans are above them. The Colts and the Browns. I think Josh Allen's the best QB of the bunch, but he's hard to trust right now. He's always hard to trust. <laughs> he's always been hard to trust. That was the thing, man. People swayed so many directions. Had to go so high. Had to go so low. Couldn't just play a level with him at any point. Always had to go somewhere with it. And look, man, he's an experience. Like, he was out there being Dominique with text about it. The menace was out there. And then he was a menace to himself. But he could be out there and be the menace. But they not good enough. They look real unhappy about it. There's a bunch of dudes that's out here hurt. Um, they got one year where they've gotten past the divisional playoff round. You get fired as a coach when people stop thinking that there's a chance that you're going to make it better. And that's where I think they are. So, yeah, key card Monday coming to a day near you. All right, Sean, you know, I've told you about this, how I really think it's very important that we get like more and more into like leaning in on the enjoyment of sport. Right. We do a lot of fight. We do a lot of arguing about stuff. But, we, you know, in the end, we here because it's a good time. And we want to enjoy it. And I feel like rivalry weekend, Thanksgiving weekend in college football, to me, is like the most enjoyable set of days for just about everybody. Like if you got any real investment in college sports, you either got your own rivalry that you're into or just another one that just winds up being so compelling that you got to give it your attention. Like you're here. And to me, what makes those rivalry games so dope like, I'm watching Michigan-Ohio State. And to me, Michigan-Ohio State is like Carolina Duke for football in this sense, because there's some differences. It's not a perfect comparison. But 
it's the one that gets you even if you don't care, right? Like Carolina Duke matters just as its own standalone property. Like, you know, on some level, this is going to matter. They ain't really going to be no year where this doesn't count in some way or fashion. And this is another part of it. This is very important. And I know this from my time living in Durham, living in Durham for 10 years. I worked at both schools. I attended one of them, all of that. I hate to. Anyway, um, it's a 24-7 situation with Carolina Duke. They always thinking about it. I will definitely be real about this part. The Duke folks don't think about it nearly as much as the Carolina folks do, but hating Duke is something that they do every moment of the day, and they don't even really get charged up about it. Like, it don't really matter. Dude, you could be at a funeral and get on the mic and be like, just want to let you guys know that uh, Duke is down by 15 to Clemson right now, and a very polite (laughs) but spirited round of applause will break out. It, it's a religious hate. It's just always there, you know? It's 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 always there, and it's so matter-of-fact. My buddy Pat Forty once put this in a story. I think it was the 05 championship run, and he was, uh, he was covering Carolina. And I forget what it was, and the cheerleading coach said, matter-of-factly, right, with no raise in her voice, I would root for Iraq before I root for Duke. (laughs) That's what it is. I I once wrote that if Duke played the Ku Klux Klan, I'd root for a 0-0 tie. But it's always, like Michigan, Ohio State is always, every moment of the day for those folks. I don't know if it's the same for the Michigan folks as it is for the Ohio folks, but Jim Trussell taking that job at Ohio State and going to that basketball game and understanding the only thing they cared about was getting down there and beating Michigan is a man knowing his people, right? This is that kind of thing that's all they care about. And what I love about watching Michigan-Ohio State, when you're watching that game, nothing else in the world matters to that whole zone of people. Literally, nothing else in the world matters. Like one day I was watching this, uh, this great uh, Prince concert uh, you can get. I know PBS has it. I think Apple TV has anyway, live in Syracuse, the Purple Rain Tour. And I'm watching it. And the thing that's so amazing as I'm considering in that era where you ain't got the phones, you ain't got all, you know, all the stuff, the distraction, whatever. If you were in that building, there is literally nothing else going on in the world but that thing right there. And there are not that many things in our lives, really, that get us to that place where ain't nothing going on but this thing that's happening right there. And Michigan, Ohio State, they sit around. They spend more time thinking about that than kids spend thinking about Christmas. Like, when you really think about that. Like, when you're a kid, you don't really start thinking about Christmas till Christmas close. No, no, no. They doing that all the time. They got clocks that run all the time. They ain't, they ain't always running the Christmas clock. That little, that little snitching-ass elf on the shelf, he'll come out till late. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't just always up in your shit like that. That ain't really how it worked. That game and watching it is just like, yo, that's what I love about this. And when you see so many of Auburn, Alabama, very similar case, nothing else in the world matters but what's going on right now. And that's why they be tripping so hard. They so ready to fire ride day all because how could they not be thinking about firing Ryan Day? Ryan Day has lost to Ohio State. I mean, to Michigan, three times in a row. Three times in a row. Of course, they want to fire that man because nothing else matters in the world in that moment other than that right there. That's the tricky part of this, the flip side of all of it, man. People can't be reasonable about a game that's like that one. They can't. They got all kinds of other games that they can be reasonable about. But Ryan Day better figure out that's the one that matters. Now, people who think this ain't Alabama, Alabama, he'd have got fired for this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I keep trying to explain this to y'all that this Alabama thing is different. And then Nick Saban keep going out and winning too many games 
for us to actually demonstrate what the difference is. Shaw, you think about this. This is this is the year that Alabama's down. They just not that good. They eleven and one. It, it, it's insane, and they obviously defeated Auburn in a game-winning touchdown, and potentially, I, I, I feel like if they lost to Auburn, people would have been talking about Saban's job being on the line, yes, regardless yes, yes, of the record. Yes. yes, yes, they would have been talking about it, right? But if he had lost to Auburn three years in a row, I've seen <laughs> this happen before. He'd have lost his job. Yes. I'm not, like, 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 that's like, Ohio State's not that gig. Like, John Cooper, when I was growing up, Went two ten and one against uh, Michigan in his run there, but he got to coach the game thirteen times, and they didn't fire him until he went like six and six. Like people don't get it; they're not gonna fire Ryan Day for this if they keep winning like eleven games. They gonna fire him for something. Like at Ohio State, guaranteed you'll get fired. Maybe you'll go six and six. Maybe you'll punt somebody on another team. Maybe you'll get caught lying about some tattoos. Maybe you won't officially get fired, but you will have turned a blind eye to some things that made it impossible for you to stay there. And your buyout was simply too high. But in the end, they would have fired you if they could. You're going to get fired, but they ain't going to fire them so much like for this right here. Not that, but that this is the insanity that makes this dope. Like I, I, I all over people, man. I can't imagine that. Can you imagine that? Like I saw that play. I didn't even bother to watch any of the games after Michigan-Ohio State because none of the matchups really was jumping out to me. And I figured Alabama, after, who did Auburn lose to the other day? New Mexico State or something like that? And I think they got their doors blown off. But I was like, this game ain't going to be competitive. Except nothing else in the world matters for those three hours. It was New Mexico State, Sean. Correct on New Mexico State. And I, I thought it was a typo when I looked it up. Because just like you after the Ohio State-Michigan game, I was like, you know, I've had my college football fix for the day. <laughs> but then I saw the stat. It was 4th and 31. I thought it was a typo. I was like, I wrote down 4th and 13 because I was like, that seems more reasonable. And I had to watch it back because that, you know, absolutely crushing for Auburn fans. Dude, and it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't. They just, he beat him. He beat him. Com- completely. And Milrow, H time, threw it down the field and just got him. Just got him. Like, it's always interesting to me when there's somebody who doesn't get it with the college stuff. Like, when Butch Davis coached at North Carolina, he just didn't get it. He went out there and lost to NC State four times in a row. It was just like, we treating this like another game. Nah, nah, nah. It's not It's not how things work here, buddy, because they're not treating it like no, just another game. They, this is the whole reason people are here. People are not here for no damn playoff. People are not here for no computer rankings. They ain't not here for any of this other stuff, these super conferences that stretch. They ain't not here for none of that. They there for those games right there. That's the stuff that make you feel like you alive, even when you watching it happen with somebody else. That's what people are here for, something that makes you forget anything else in the world matters. That's what they got right there. I want to make one last point because I noticed some of you were thinking about this and you were wondering if I was going to have anything to say about what's going on with people at Texas A&M. And, I mean, honestly, I think they hired a good coach in this Elko feller. And I'm going to tell you why I say this about him. I watched some of that Duke team that he had, and that did not look like Duke. Like, I was just looking at the way they played, like the physicality of the players and everything else. No, no, no. That dude can do pretty well. And I think he's the kind of guy who has a good chance of going to Texas A&M and winning nine games a year. And let me tell you something. Taking a school from being an eight-win school to a nine-win school is Hall of Fame work. And I truly hope that those entitled weirdos down there understand what it would mean to turn them into a nine-win team instead of thinking that you're going to buy your way into national championships. Guys, it doesn't work that way. I know that it seems to you that it works that way. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. I just hope you understand this. If they get a win over Alabama and LSU every Two or three years. One win 
over them. Or you just wait till Alabama fall off whenever Saban leaves, and that's probably going to happen. Like, everybody can win at Alabama for a little while. Very few people can win at Alabama on a sustained level. So, you know, maybe you got a chance at making, you know, making some stuff happen in that way. Guys, I'm telling you, you can do that. I saw somebody say something on the internet, apparently on one of them message boards, and they're like, why do I hate Aggie so much? And I don't hate you. I just understand you better than you understand your weird selves. I'm like, I've been around you. I know you. I understand you. I see you. I see what you can't see. I really, really do. And what you can't see is, no, that'll make people think I hate them. And I don't. I really don't. I just couldn't believe it when the word got out, apparently, that people were making an argument that Mark Stoops was going to take that job, and then they figured it was going to be a bit of a fan revolt, and then they didn't want Mark Stoops to take that job. And I just don't know the nerve of these people if that really happened. Like, if if, if they decided they were too good for a guy, he turned Kentucky into an eight-win school. He turned Kentucky into Texas A&M. If he could turn Kentucky into Texas A&M, Maybe he could turn Texas A&M into something a little bit better than Texas A&M. I I would think that you would want to be better than yourselves. That would be my thought. But apparently, they don't see it that way. That's cool, though. I'm curious what you think his leash is, given what they've the money they obviously owe Jimbo. How long Elko's leash would be with this new with this new job? Well, what I read was that the donors are saying that they're not the ones paying the freight. Oh, so I don't mean a I'm wondering how much they're going to pay Elko. But two, that tells me that Elko's got some rope like I just don't I they can't unless it just gets to be something they can't stand. And then they go find a way, you know, they pass the hat around and they go they go get the money. Like, here's what I think the best part of this is for Texas A&M. And I think that this is very important. I think people have a real misunderstanding about what a good hire is for a college football program. And it is very rarely somebody who's done it before. Like Saban is the is the exception to the rule as a guy who got it done in one place and then you go hire him to come get it done in another place. Your move to really make it happen with a college football hire is normally to find a guy in his late 30s and early 40s, get him on his first job, ride through some, ride through some hard times with him maybe, and then you wind up getting to where it goes. But I remember this was a thought when – I think at one point Texas was thinking about maybe getting Harbaugh, or maybe getting Saban when like it was time to get Mac uh, to get Mac Brown out of there. And you really then I stopped and went back at the history of how many programs have really found that next guy by getting the last guy. Doesn't really work that way. And so people were talking about like the idea of Dabo going to College Station. That would be the same thing as getting Jimbo Fisher. If things were going good for either one of those dudes at the place that they were, they wouldn't be leaving to go to no damn Texas A and M. Right. Like whatever they were doing wasn't working no more. And that's the reason why they're even looking at doing this thing with you, because those jobs are stressful. But it's not like Alabama where everybody understands why you want to lead air and get on your nerves. Right. You decide to go pack up shop and go. If you're going to do it, you do it the way the A&M just did it. OK, I don't know how good a coach will ultimately be. I don't know how good, you know, the, the recruiting and all this stuff. I don't have any answer for that. But that right there is a way better idea than the stuff that I think would have made their fans super happy. I mean, even Mark Stoops, I think that he could do a decent job there at Texas A&M, but no, you probably got a better chance at getting somebody who hadn't done it before. Just got to hope that they not so crazy as to not let this man get the job done. All I'm saying is this, even Bear Bryant was an eight-win coach at Texas A&M. If you get nine, guys, build a statue. Prize Picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to 25 times your money this football season. And now you can play during basketball season two. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And with the NBA back, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. A league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make our picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from producer Sean that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. 
So go make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We know you can't be on top of all the news and information of the day. No need for the social media feeds. We got you. Now, if you haven't heard. All right, Sean, where are we going first? We got a article on health. Hi, I'm Hannah Seo, and I recently wrote a piece for The Atlantic about our lonely indoor lives. A while back, I began thinking about the epidemic of loneliness that we're seeing in the United States, and how I had read research about how lonely people are more likely to distance themselves from others, thereby increasing the cycle of loneliness. At the same time, I found research papers showing that an increase in urbanization and time spent indoors was linked to a greater dislike of nature, or biophobia. These two trends felt deeply related to me. You won't enjoy anything, whether it's other people or the great outdoors, if you're not exposed to it. As I did more reporting, I found that these two trends were also related and intertwined. How much or how little your sense of belonging and trust is in your community absolutely influences how safe and welcome you might feel in outdoor spaces. Simultaneously, spending more time in nature can help boost your sense of social cohesion, altruism, and trust. So connecting with natural spaces can help connect us to other people, and vice versa. I think that that's a message that a lot of us could stand to hear. Um, I think a lot of people kind of need. I think there's also, like, part of what happens with loneliness also is, I think when people start feeling lonely, they start feeling like, nobody's lonely when in reality there's this huge number of people who are lonely who could probably solve each other's problems by like reaching out a little bit more perhaps not solving but at least providing some solution so i had my thought as i heard that and i hadn't really thought about it like in the standpoint of nature because i will say this it's hard to feel lonely in nature even if you by yourself does that make sense like i feel like, like i live in new york you know i live in new york and the thing about new york that people who don't live here can't quite get is the park game is strong. Like there's, there's, you, you got a, you have a closer relationship with nature in New York. I would say I have a, it's a closer relationship with nature in New York than it was living in Houston or living in Miami. You know, like Miami's got the beach, but that don't even feel like nature. They feel like a set. And you got to drive at those locations to go to the nature where New York, you take a subway, yes. you just walk down the block and you got a nice park where you can experience nature in a good way. And I, I really enjoyed listening to this piece because you mentioned your walks that you have with your friends. And I'm like, that's mm -hmm. a way to combat loneliness and be outside is, hey, let's all hang out. Let's go for a walk. Let's take a hike, you know? Yeah. Like, that's the thing that gets tough about New York is that when the weather gets cold, like now all of a sudden this outside becomes a little like that's that's when it gets rough. Right. Like those months, if you can power through those months in New York, you you can you can kind of get through it and sean as it, it did also lead me to another thought like hey man sounds like some people might want to try a little bit of the micro dose might help them out a little bit it might make the outdoors a little more outdoorsy is what i always yeah, say yeah 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 like you ain't gotta be out here like acting crazy you know what i'm saying but like look it up it might not be the worst idea for you plus it's a mood booster you know you might just be happy and you're outside so it's a it's a just, two and I'm one just telling people just give it some thought just give it some thought all right, the next one is about social media. Hi, I'm Adam Rogers, a senior correspondent at Business Insider. You probably know that one of the reasons people are so awful to each other on social networks like Twitter is that the networks themselves are designed that way. The algorithms that show you posts are trying to get you to engage. And the easiest way to do that is to make you mad. So I wrote a story about researchers who were trying to fix that. They designed an algorithm that if it were used in a social network would show people posts, tweets basically, that got likes from the other side of the original poster's political aisle. But how to test that? Twitter or X or whatever doesn't really allow research on its data anymore. So the, these researchers built their own social network, a Twitter in a bottle, and they populated it not with humans who are sort of hard to wrangle, but with chatbots, fake people generated with chat GPT. After all, I figured chatbots are designed to pretend to have human type conversations. And it worked. They actually did. They interacted like they were on a Twitter type thing. And unlike other kinds of algorithms like the For You or the you know featured algorithms, the bridging algorithm did foster nicer engagement among the bots. But now you have a bigger question, right? Can social scientists get real data from fake people? Turns out lots of scientists are thinking about using artificial intelligence to simulate study populations. And nobody really knows if the results are going to be, you know, true. Hopefully they'll figure that out before they set the new algorithms loose. 
Yeah, I found like every single level of that to be fascinating because I wanted to start with my whole thing. Like every time somebody tries to like go to threads on Twitter or something like that, like, the problem is also us. It's not just the machines. It's not just the algorithm. It's not just the directions we're being steered in. It's also got a lot to do with us in the way that we get down. But that question of can we do studies on people without people? Sean, we're doomed. Oh, like, big time. <laughs> we're, we are so doomed. They're like, hey, so wait a minute. We want to have to send people out like five bucks to get them to do this stuff? Ooh, intriguing. I, I also thought it was somewhat alarming that the 500 chatbots, uh, as Adam described, they had a more like healthy conversation on their social media <laughs> versus, versus us. <laughs> This is frightening. This yeah. is all so frightening. Like, they stopped the bottom. It's just kind of like, hey. And look, people who've been listening to this show for a long time know I've been trying to warn y'all about what was coming. But even now, I'm at the point, like, guys, what do we do? Like, I need to call this a real correspondence. Like, instead of just giving y'all the information, I got to uh, how do we become part of the solution? <laughs> I don't even know if there's a solution, but it's alarming. Here's, a, here's another one in the world of tech that uh, may be a little scarier. Hi, my name is Aaron Griffith, and I am a tech reporter with The New York Times. Last week, my colleague Trip Mickle and I covered the launch of something called the AI Pin by a startup called Humane. And it's a bold, audacious attempt by two former Apple executives to build the thing that comes after the smartphone. So their answer is this pin that you wear on your shirt. Um, it can listen, answer questions, play music, identify objects, send text messages, make phone calls, lots of different features. Um, they're billing it as the first ever AI device. So we get to try it out. Uh, it kind of feels like wearing Alexa plus ChatGPT on your body. Um, my take on using it was that it's a little awkward, um, as all new technology is, but it's also kind of magical. Uh, you're holding your hand up and you're talking, you're dictating a text message, and you see the words appear in a blue light on your hand as you're saying them. It's it's pretty cool. Um, the idea is to wean us off our screen addiction, which I think you know a lot of us have. There are definitely some hurdles. It's not cheap. It costs $699 plus a $24 monthly wireless plan. And you need a new phone number for it. That's another hurdle. Um, so you can't text message people from your existing number. Um, it's not fully integrated into your life. Um, you won't have your email necessarily coming through it. And, um, you know, for music, for example, you need a title subscription. So there's a lot of pieces to put in place to make this work. People also have questions about the privacy. Um, it's not always on like Alexa or Siri. You need to actually tap it to listen. So, And there is a privacy light or they call it a trust light. Um, so people know when it's actually listening or not. Um, you know, a lot of the smartest people in Silicon Valley think that there will be a new AI first device. And a lot of people want to do something about this smartphone addiction that essentially Silicon Valley has kind of inflicted on all of us. So it's an example of an extremely big swing. And that's what the tech industry is known for. It could fail, but it also could be the future. All right. That's all I want to point out here. We are looking to help us break our addiction to screens <laughs> for a solution from the people who got us addicted to screens. Why are they going to do that? Why, 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 no, 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 like that, that's my only thing, like, yeah, this may seem like a cool idea, whatever it is, they don't, them people don't love us. Their solution to no screens is putting the screen on your hand, so you look like yes. mi Minority Report or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and look, I mean, I guess it's better than the screen, right? Like, I, I suppose there's going to be something to that, but dude, they don't love us. Like I think in 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 the sum total, we we are really weird when we do and do not believe that strangers don't love us. Like we just we just can't ever really get a full handle on when that matters and when we should use that as a useful piece of information. They don't love us. They don't love us. But I just. Uh, uh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, Bo, you mentioned uh, get-rich-quick scams at the end of last week or, or two weeks ago, and we got three uh, very interesting ones. So we'll start with this scam from Rich from L.A. Hey, Bo. My name is Rich uh, from Southern California. Calling about a time somebody put a get-rich-quick scheme in front of me. So I didn't get put in front of me, but I responded to an ad. This is 2005. I responded to an ad in this paper that said, hey, go and make $100,000 a year in sales. I was 19. I said, yo, that sounds cool. I can do sales. So I hit him up. He said, yeah, we we selling these office supplies. And at the time, I was like, that sounds a little sus, but I'll do the interview anyways. So I go to the interview, and there's all these people in suits, and we we talking, and we talking, and it sounds cool. And they say, like, yeah, you know, we go directly to the consumer. Uh, and we, we catch them these ideas about about office supplies. And again, I'm 19. And I'm like, no, I can do this. This is gonna be this will work out great for me. I can come on the spot. I can finally buy a house, maybe at 19. How long will that be? Again, on the first day, they had me shadow one of their main dudes. And bro, we were selling office supplies door to door. You know the no soliciting signs? Yep, that was us. They was they was talking to us. I was nothing more than a solicitor. I was nothing more than a guy trying to trying to holler at you and trying to get your money. And I made it about three weeks and I said, Nope, that ain't for me, I found a new job. That's what I got. Love the show. Congrats to you back, man. Hope to talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> oh yeah. The solicitor. We've all been the solicitor. And they're not talking to you. They're talking to the Jehovah's Witnesses. Who we got next? We got Justin from L.A. and uh, some girl troubles. Hey, Justin from L.A. Just calling about uh, the last time I got schemed into doing something. Uh, well, I met this girl, um, and I had been trying to date her for a while. So she finally invites me to a party. Very excited. And I uh, get there, and, uh, and so we open, the guy opens the door, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, we're just getting started. So I'm like, okay, well, cool. Um, so we mingle around for a bit, and all of a sudden the guy, you know, kind of, you know, clinks his glass and makes an announcement, and he puts on a DVD, and they're selling Mona V juice, uh, the acai juice that cures HIV and blah, blah, blah. So it was basically a house full of actors uh, who use this pyramid scheme as a side hustle. So um, I am now in a high-pressure situation to have myself sign up under this girl that I'm, I thought was on a date, I was on a date with, team to sell said juice and needless to say that was a wrap and uh yes i did not sign up and you know for three hundred dollars uh right now to to sign up for the three cases of acai juice that, that cures hiv yeah so that's the last time uh somebody tried to get me into a hustle hey look man maybe it was a wrap but i don't know what you mean but just needless to say <laughs> It was not needless at all. There's a reason why she thought you might have gone for it. Like, I'd like to see a picture of her and see how many times she has tried to run this. I think, see, my man, I think somebody tried to get my man in on that. And he was mad, not because it was a pyramid scheme, but because they weren't honest with him about the fact that it was a pyramid scheme. And he figured out, he was like, okay, cool. So they wanted to sell the juice. And he like, cool. Uh, and he's like, cool, so where the juice at? He's like, nah, 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 you don't sell the juice. He's like, what you mean I don't sell the juice? Like, you don't sell the juice. What you sell is a certificate, and a certificate allows people to sell the juice. And so what you sell to people is the ability to sell the juice, but nobody actually sells any juice. They simply sell the opportunity to sell juice should there ever be any juice to be sold. I just love a pyramid scheme because I'm like, how deep – can you get into it before you're that unaware of what you're getting into? The the question of the pyramid scheme when somebody presents it to you always is, does this person see you as a fellow hustler or does this person see you as a mark? On what level should you be offended? That's the question. 
about the person who approaches you with the pyramid scheme. We got uh, one last voicemail on a crypto scam. Hey, Bo, I think I got a story that can combine three of your latest episodes. I got a friend who tried to get me up on that crypto stuff, telling me that I should get on it because I'm good with computers. But I didn't want to get up on it because, exactly, I'm good with computers. We're going to call his friend Jimmy. Jimmy's a smart guy, or at least he's situationally smart. And by that, I mean he went to medical school. Went and got a degree, started trying to get into to doctors and doctor's offices. Jimmy comes to me one day and says, hey, I'm getting on NFTs. You want to join? I said, nah, I'm good. I don't really need to get involved with that. Long story short, Jimmy spends a lot of money. Jimmy goes into debt. Jimmy drops out of medical school to flip NFTs, and now Jimmy's back home living with his mama. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not going to tell anybody what they live in situation ought to be. But Jimmy, for all of his intelligence and all of his uh his brain power trying to get me into NFTs turns out didn't work out too well for Jimmy. And I think I made the right decision not getting involved with that. Thought you'd be interesting story. Good to have you back, Bo. I, sir, unlike you, am perfectly willing to judge someone else's living situation. <laughs> and if you like that, I had to move back in with my baba. It's a lot of things that can happen. A lot of places you go. Maybe y'all got the right relationship. Maybe she got enough space. There's a lot of things. Right. Like, because you fell on hard times is one thing. Because you saw some hard times and fell up on them yourself. That's different. That's different. You NFT's your way into your mama. Like, Damn, dog. Damn. Really tough. Tried to tell y'all about that funny money. Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? But, Sean, we also want to tell people about prize picks. And you can give them better advice than people got on funny money. So what you got for us on prize picks? Maybe this is actually a get-rich-quick scam that might work for you guys. Uh, prize picks oh. today, Monday night. I got, I'm got. i taking both of the quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Joshua Dobbs. Justin Fields is at 201.5 pass yards. I'm taking less. Joshua Dobbs, 231.5 pass yards. I am also taking less. I don't think the Monday night games have been as exciting as we have hoped, and I think it's going to be a defensive showdown. So you always think that they 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 always gonna do less, huh? That's what you think, huh? I, I want to root okay. for more, but you know yeah. I've been yeah. burned. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see, I see. It's cool, <laughs> it's cool. Maintain the status quo. I see you, big dog. We understand you. We understand you. Let me stop before somebody actually thinks I mean this. Somebody go write this blog post waiting to happen. Pomani accuses Sean of bigotry. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time, a Wave Sports and Entertainment original. Uh, My man, Sean, you handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Also, thanks to our If You Haven't Heard contributors. Thanks to Hannah. So, Hannah So. So. Hannah So, I apologize. Hannah So, uh, check out her story in the Atlantic about nature and avoidance and social isolation. You ought to check it out. Uh, thanks to Adam Rogers of Insider. Check out his story about chatbots reading the news and discussing it on social media. Also, thanks to Erin Griffith of the New York Times. Check out her story on Silicon Valley's big bet on AI after the smartphone. Remember, subscribe, like. Follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy.